Listener Production. In this episode, what is happening with the Israeli hostages held by Hamas? A substantial number of Israeli citizens and soldiers have been kidnapped by Hamas. The families of Israeli hostages were gathered to pressure the government not to forget their loved ones. We are very committed to returning all of our hostages. Every day there's so much news coming from this conflict drawing our attention, but the taking of these 200-plus hostages on October 7 was where this latest nightmare really began. So far, only five of them have been freed. You might have seen around your city some posters of the faces of these hostages, their families, their supporters have been plastering around cities, even here in Australia. In this episode, we're going to speak to a former hostage now working in hostage advocacy. He's been speaking to the Israeli families. In order to release the hostages, we need to do it really quickly and swiftly. Otherwise, it's going to take a long time. So in this briefing, you'll learn how hostage negotiation works. And in this case, what is being done and what is not being done to free the hostages. First, here are today's big headlines. Hey, Tom. Hi, everyone. It's Katrina Blowers here. It is Thursday, the 2nd of November. Well, at least 320 foreign passport holders have been allowed to leave Gaza after the Rafa crossing opened for the first time in three weeks. Now, this is all thanks to a Qatar-brokered agreement to allow a limited number of injured Palestinians and foreign nationals out of the territory. So we still have some stranded Aussies in Gaza and they're being told to take the chance to leave as well. Uh, As far as those numbers go, News Corp is reporting 34 Australians, many of them working for international organisations have been on a pre-approved list and that some of them managed to leave. Uh, Overall, Penny Wong has confirmed there are a total of 88 Australians and family members who are in contact with the government in the area. An unimaginably tense time for their families, Tom. Yeah, I guess a slither of good news that those people have been able to leave. Um, Hopefully there's more movement there. The other worrying development around this conflict is reports of missiles being fired at Israel from militia in Yemen to Israel's south. So this could be another front opening up to this war. Um, There's little detail available about these missiles, but the Houthi group um, in Yemen, backed by Iran, has claimed they fired a large batch of missiles and drones towards southern Israel. And doctors will have a greater incentive to bulk bill the young and the vulnerable. We're making it easier and cheaper for more than 11 million Australians to see a doctor. This is the biggest investment in Medicare bulk billing in 40 years. So that's Anthony Albanese. Um, So the federal government has launched a $3.5 billion package which will pay doctors more when they bulk bill those under 16 and also bulk bill concession card holders. Uh, The opposition claim there's no guarantee the measures will actually lead to more GPs bulk billing. Yeah, I was at the GP yesterday and it was chaos as they were trying to introduce these new measures. The um, receptionists were like just pulling their hair out because it doesn't apply to everyone. So this is um, for, well, it says it's for three in every five GP patients. So kids, pensioners and healthcare holders. Um, But if you don't fall into those categories, then it doesn't apply to you. But um, as you probably are aware, you know, so few doctors now bulk bill because 
they're saying that it's so expensive to run a practice that they incur a loss when they bulk bill and many are finding that if they do so, their clinics are no longer financially viable. So, you know, it's hoped that at least um, for some places, this will f- make it easier for a lot of those really vulnerable people to get an appointment. So what was the chaos? Was it about determining who got this extra payment or, you know, what was difficult about it? Yeah, it was exactly that because so many people who were there, it was such a mixed bag of of, of demographics that, you know, for example, I didn't qualify for the new measures, but um, the lady after me did. So it was just taking a lot longer to get through. And as a result, all of the appointments were running over time. Too old, Katrina. <laughs> Not old <laughs> enough, it seems. Oh. <laughs> and the Matildas have cruised into the next stage of Olympic qualifying with a 3-0 win over Chinese Taipei in Perth. It opens up for the shot. That is the sound of Fowler kick-starting the attack with a wonder strike in the 62nd minute. It's nice to get the goal and put us ahead. I think, you know, we had our chances and we weren't putting them away, so it was good to get one and then get get a few more after that. Yeah, I'm sure it was. Our second-half goals to Mary Fowler, Sam Kerr, Tamika Yallop closed out an unbeaten second round of the campaign. So... What is happening next? Uh, they'll now face off against the top finishers in the two other Olympic qualifier groups before they can get through to the Games. That happens in February. The structure of those Games apparently hasn't been decided yet, Tom, so we'll still have to wait a little while before we know for sure whether they're going through. Well, the structure of it's been good lately. We've just had, you know, every couple of days and another awesome result from the Matildas to talk about on the briefing. <laughs> yeah. And Coles and Woolworths have featured in this year's Shonky Awards for posting nearly record profits amid the cost of living crisis. So the Shonky Awards are run by Choice and they name and shame Shonky companies for taking advantage of consumers. So Coles has hit back saying for every $100 customers spend, they only make $2.60, so, you know, 2.6%. Woolies is saying they do more every day to help customers, um, but it knows there's more to do. Good corporate line there. The other standouts was the um, Xbox mini fridge. It won a shonky for failing to cool things down. What makes me laugh about this is I just did a quick Google of the Xbox mini fridge, which, you know, this whole concept is so that you don't have to get up from your gaming in order to get a snack. (laughs) You can just have a fridge right next to you, keeping all your drinks and snacks cool. So... Mm, questionable. Uh, but the replica version of this Xbox mini fridge actually gets a higher rating review online than the real thing. <laughs> so when you dupe gets more stars, I think there's an issue there. Yeah, I've just looked it up as well. It really is a mini, mini fridge. It can hold eight cans. <laughs> this tiny fridge you have next to you while you <laughs> just get too deep in your gaming. All right, catch you later, Katrina. About to bring you this briefing on the hostage situation in Israel. Soon it will be a month since the hostages were taken in the Hamas attack on Israel. Now, of the 240 believed to be taken, Hamas have released four women and Israeli forces have been able to find one young female soldier. So just five have been freed. The rest of them are still being held captive. 
Now, the man you're about to meet has a lot of experience in this area. Nizar Zaka was a hostage himself in Iran for four years between 2015 and 2019. Once he got out, he founded Hostage Aid, which is an international NGO fighting for hostages, making sure they're not forgotten and that everything is being done to free them. Nizar, thanks for joining us from Washington, D.C. Thank you for having me. Israelis have been held hostage by Hamas in the past, but is it fair to say that this time the huge number of hostages and also the complexity of the conflict around them is completely unprecedented to any other hostage situation? Definitely. It's a, it's a very unique case that happened never, I believe, in the recent history, never anything like that happened. So what do you understand is being done to try and free the hostages? So far, Qatar has been the main player, the main country trying to resolve the issue of hostages because it has a history of working on hostage issues and has been only a month ago, we ha- uh, Qatar was able to release five U.S. citizens from Iran. So it's very common and they have been working. And on top of that, uh, one of the former head of Hamas, which is uh, Hania, is based he lives in Qatar and he can be a good, uh, they can they can have a good influence over him. And this is why we believe Qatar is a very good point. And they have, uh, and currently the first swap, the, first, the releasing the first Americans, the two Americans from Qatar was done by, uh, by, by Qatar, by, uh, to the US was done by Qatar at that time. So this is very good. In addition to their role in releasing the two Israeli Last week, uh, the elderly woman, it was also Qatar has a lot to say. Unfortunately, it's a very complex issue because you have too many too many concerns by all parties and uh, nobody wants to talk to nobody and nobody, uh, it's crazy. So uh, we try to work very closely with Qatar at this time and I have been me- meeting regularly with the Qatari embassy and Qatari leadership in addition to working with the families of hostages uh, especially with the dual national, uh, family of dual nationals and uh, Israeli American, Israeli French, Israeli, so this, this is a dual nationals. We try to help because we believe that bringing all the international community to unify, it's an opportunity. We can use this as an opportunity to have the world community to work together to release the hostages as one to, to stick together and to face the hostage business model that is being conducted for some time, especially with, with Iran and Iran proxies. And this is what happened now, another Iran proxy who is taking hostages. So if we can bring the whole world to stand firm and have one single position toward the proxy or the main hostage taker, which is Iran in this case, Iran in this case. So there was a video from three hostages earlier this week where one of the Israeli women was very critical of the Israeli Prime Minister and she called and it seems she may well have been under duress, which means people are very cautious about the message, but she was calling on Israeli authorities to release the Palestinian prisoners from Israeli jails in exchange for their own release, the release of these 240 hostages. Why won't the Israeli government do that? Because they have in the past. There was obviously the famous case in 2011 where they exchanged around 1,000 Palestinian prisoners for the release of one soldier. So why aren't they doing that this time or could they do it further down the track? Well, in my opinion, uh, first, yes, as a woman, we should not 
Unfortunately, even it's very emotional what she said and you feel she's angry, but we cannot take this, uh, what she said, we, we cannot take it because it's given by, she's not in the liberty to mm. say whatever she wants. So I don't think we should take this at, uh, at this time. We could, we could listen to what the, the elderly woman said when she was released, that she was treated well or whatever. This is okay, even though it wasn't like something good to say, but she said that when she's free. Israel should think seriously about releasing and do the swap. It's they set the price at one thousand before uh, when, uh, when the soldier Shalit was mm. was swapped for one thousand. And another mistake was done, in my opinion, is when the U.S. swapped the five American for six billion dollar. It's another price tag that was done for hostage diplomacy. The U.S. set this price. In order to release the hostages, we need to do it really quickly and swiftly. Otherwise, it's going to take a long time. If this war will stop, uh, whatever, and the hostages are not home, then we have uh, it's going to take a long, long, long time to get them out. So potentially releasing Palestinian prisoners is one option the Israeli authorities have. Another set of decisions they must be considering is how they're invasion of Gaza and when and how they go about a full-scale land invasion, how that is connected to the hostage situation. Do you think the hostages are being considered in Israel's calculations on when and how to launch an all-out offensive? I am sure that the Israeli government has the hostages as top on the top of the list. But still, I don't think that to put uh, the hostages in harm way by uh, going into Gaza because they will be killing more civilians when going into Gaza. And at the same time, we're going to have the hostages in, uh, might be hurt. I personally believe the hostages need to make any deal, get the hostages home and then resolve the issue. But to give credit to what's going on, if you decide to release the hostages and and for the prisoners, it's not the whole deal. I am just giving you a little more details that the deal has a lot of more items included in it uh, than that. If it was just the hostages for the prisoners, Israel would have done it long ago. But it's it has more details into it. Well, yeah, they're asking for the release of the prisoners and the ceasefire. So those two things are a very complex package. And a commitment not to bomb, not to fly over, to open the ports. It's it's a lot of things that is being required. It's not as simple as it looks to us, but I believe we should do more and Israel should give concessions to release the hostages. And uh, and I believe at the end of the day, they should, uh, it will happen this way. And especially, it's not only, like we have American hostages, we have French, we have 32 nations. We have hostages from 32 nations. It's the largest hostage gathering ever. So one other method is trying to retrieve them by force. Is that possible? It's not possible. It's it's not feasible. It's we tried to release the hostages in Iran by by force in the 1979, and we paid the price 
for so many years. You know, all this hostage diplomacy came after after the hostage crisis that happened in, in Iran in, in 1979 with the U.S. embassy hostage uh, in Tehran. And because the U.S. started first with trying to take by force and then they have, a, uh, it failed and then they had to give so many concessions. And then we ended up with all this, concept of uh, hostage diplomacy came out of this uh, crisis. I believe if we do the same, we're going to have something uh, very, very dirty on our hands. Okay. So what do you think the Israeli authorities should do to get these hostages back? The US, the French, everybody who has hostages, they need to go and 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 negotiate and and pressure and pressure Iran and pressure uh, Hamas and and get Qatar to support and to push. This is how we want. We want to do a very a lot of pressure internationally. They haven't done it. They have been uh, so taken by the war on Gaza. They are not using the tools they they might use at this time. There are so many dual nationals within the hostage, between the hostages. For example, Hamas announced earlier that they don't want to have women, children, or elderly. And they they announced. So let's quote them for this and let's follow on this and let's get the international community to follow on this and try to get these people out. Let's try to get a little, if we cannot get one deal, let's get multiple small deals uh, meanwhile. But to go by force, I really don't think it's it's going to be possible at this time with all what we're hearing and all what we're seeing. Already, I don't know how accurate it is, but they're declaring that uh, a certain number of hostages have been already killed. And you said before that there needs to be more involvement from other countries, international parties, um, you know, representing some of those hostages that have been taken as well. Are you implying there that they haven't been involved anywhere near enough and that Israel has gone about it too much on their own? Yes. And this is a problem we have been facing with all the hostage crisis. Each country thinks they can do it on their own. They don't want to collaborate and to work together as one front. And the Israeli consider all the, everybody is a U.S. citizen and they, don't, and they want to take it by force. The Americans are trying to pressure the Qataris and each one is trying, but they're not working as one front. We need to better identify the hostages. It's innocent people are taken. We want them out, irrelevant of anything else. What amount of international coordination or, or pressure would really help the situation without significant concessions from the Israelis, whether that comes to holding fire or releasing Palestinian prisoners? Surely, whatever the makeup of that negotiating force is and however much pressure there is, some element of concession will be part of the equation why we don't start pressuring uh, the main, uh, like uh, Iran, the regime in Iran, who is the one who's trained, uh, fund and give their arms to the kidnappers. So the kidnappers will listen to Iran if they want to listen to anyone. And let's, let's, let's all together pressure, put more sanctions, blockade, not to buy Iranian oil, all this. Let's say during the Trump administration, when the sanctions were tied, uh, hostages were swapped with no money paid, like uh, Kylie Moore-Gilbert and others, and me, we, we, we swapped with no payment, anything. Uh, the, uh, it, it happened. 
and they had only 500,000 barrels of oil per, per day. Now they are at 3 million barrels per day, Iran. So we had so much during Trump administration, they were, we were very successful. The U.S. was very successful with sanctions. We can tighten the, the sanctions again now and do that and pressure them to release the hostages. Mm. We haven't done anything. The French haven't done anything. The Brits haven't done anything. Nobody is doing anything about it. So have you been in direct contact with some of the families of these hostages? Yes. Right. What are they saying to you? They are the most reasonable people I have met. In this conflict, the families are the most reasonable people. Unbelievable. What are they saying? What are they hoping that you can directly do? They are against this bombing. They want just to get the families back, the loved one. Let's get this. Let's try to to heal our wounds. Uh, they, they want to resolve the issue with the Palestinians. They want to live in peace. They are not like the families who are angry, who want to harm or anything. I, I think they know exactly what they want. And they just want our kids back and let's move on. And they know that we know what need to be done. We know that government are, government wants families to stay quiet. That's all what they want. And hopefully things will be resolved one day. What we want now, it's a time to get the hostages out. If we don't get them now out, they're going to be for a long time. We have seen it again and again. Nizar Zaka from Hostage Aid. And clearly, as he was explaining, from the hostage perspective, it would be way better to resolve their predicament before this all-out war. But that's not what's playing out. And that's why these poor families have no idea when their loved ones will be coming home. I mean, we touched on the example earlier of the Israeli soldier Gilad Shalid, who was eventually exchanged for a 1,000 Palestinian prisoners. Well, he was held captive for five years. So let's hope it's not that long. Listener.